It's a pleasure having you back. Sam Experts Weekly Q&A. Today, we are going to be talking about service provider audits and some really interesting questions that we received from our audience. I'm Daryl Ullman, a partner and chief negotiation officer at Sam Expert. Together with me is Alexander, or as everybody knows him, Alex Golev, our CEO and chief licensing expert for everything to do with Microsoft. We've got quite a few interesting questions that have come in from our audience. We want to talk about mainly audits because for some reason that's become a hot topic over the last few months. And I'll say the majority of the questions that we have for the SPLA slash hosting ISV SAS community is really around audits. So something's happening there. We're seeing a huge increase, at least in Europe, around Microsoft SPLA audits. And it's becoming an issue for many providers. I want to start off with the first question that always comes to mind. I get an audit letter. Do I need to initiate the audit immediately? Do I need to set a call within a few days and then in a week or two start providing information to the auditor? Or do I have some leeway there? You have 30 days from the reception of the letter. The way it's actually worded is quite interesting. So all it says is Microsoft is required to send you a notice 30 days prior to the initiation of the audit. Normally, 99.9% cases, you will not be able to push back and say, no, you can't audit us, unless you have exceptional circumstances. This is how it works. They send you a letter and they try and set up a meeting in a week and 10 days. You actually have 30 days. There's a 30-day window to breathe out, maybe find a partner who will help you with an audit, discuss it internally, look at your risks, and then engage with the auditor. And then what you need to also understand is even when you had a kickoff call, after that, there are no calendar stipulations. So you don't have to immediately submit the data. You can take your time. You don't have to immediately provide any additional responses to the questionnaires. You can take your time. Microsoft is required to notify you about the audit 30 days maximum before the audit begins. So yeah, there you go. You have 30 days. If I understand you correctly, I get the letter. I now have a month to get my team in place because I need to put the resources that are required. I need to identify the key team members that maybe historically were also part of the team because there's a lot of data and information that needs to be provided. And I need to update my stakeholders. Is that something that you would recommend? Of course, you need to update all your stakeholders. There is a serious risk that if the audit goes in the wrong direction and you are find non-compliant and non-compliance could be sometimes in the millions because how many years can they go back, Alex, when they order three, five, ten? <laughs> as long as they want. The longest I've seen was six years. So six years. So the risk is that they find a discrepancy and then they multiply it by five or by six years going back. And that's a huge risk. You can't take the risk individually on your own shoulders. This is a risk that needs to be part of a executive team responsibility. Let's move on to another question that I have. I'm going to read it out to you. We accidentally submitted a non-hosting cluster and the auditor counted it as a SPLA debt. Now they don't want to descope it. Of course they did. Firstly, push back. 
If the auditor is stubborn and say, no, it must be in plus scope, what is the evidence that it must be in plus scope? If you are absolutely sure it's an internal use environment that you license with your enterprise licenses and it's not a part of internal use of SPLA or a hosting platform, your cloud platform, whatever. It's not in the provider scope. You providing services, then you just push back. The biggest mistake you made was submitting that data to the auditor. And we see this all the time. If there is no internal exercise to clarify the scope, to be exactly just the services that are supposed to be licensed via either Splow or Bring Your Own License, then companies often overshare. They often tell too much. If you put a technical person as your only point of contact, which we've seen as well sometimes, rarely, fortunately, but we see that, a technical person assigned to communicate with the auditor, they'll just provide all the data the auditors require. In your circumstances, because you are in that, what's the word I'm looking for? Situation. Yeah, them being stubborn. Continue pushing back. Involve Microsoft. Just continue pushing back. As long as you are completely sure that's not in scope, push back. This audit scope, as it's outlined in the Microsoft's audit notice letter, is only the SPLA services. That's it. Nothing extra should be included. If I have a cluster, Alex, and that cluster is used both for my hosting business and for my internal infrastructure, my internal IT. Do I have to give all that data? That's my first question. And the second question is, can I use our SPLA licenses for our internal use as well? Yes, those two questions, I should answer them as one. SPLA allows using licenses for internal use. The formula is a bit vague, though, because it says as long as your internal use is not more than 50% of all your and customers combined. From the worst case point of view, I read it like your internal use should not be more than one third. So 50% of what your other customers use. That's the calculation. And that's fine. Going back to the first part of the question, if you mix internal use and hosting in one cluster, that cluster becomes shared use. Therefore, you must use either SPLA or bring your own license. It's a bit perverted in this case, but please understand this. You're bringing your own enterprise licenses to your own cloud platform. So you treat yourself almost as an external customer. And by the way, you must pay for all these licenses as well. So it's not a free usage. It's not like you're allowed to use up to 50% of the licenses for free. You must report them. You are essentially hosting yourselves on that platform. I hope it makes sense. It does. But then what's the best practice? The best practice is if you deploy your resources on hosting clusters, Make sure you understand why you're doing that. Is it really the best licensing strategy for you to license those virtual machines via SPLA? Why wouldn't you deploy the same virtual machines on your normal internal use classes where you use your commercial licenses? It may make sense when you need elasticity, when you don't know how many virtual machines you will need at some point. Maybe some short-term projects where you don't want to overload your existing enterprise clusters. But one thing you should totally avoid, so that's not a good use case, is dev test, because there's no development and test in shared environments. That would be a very bad mistake. We see some reasonable cases when companies use SPLA for internal purposes, but we also see unreasonable cases where they should probably be much better with CSP subscription licenses instead of paying monthly for SPLA because the costs are comparable, but then 
what are the benefits? And then a follow-up question that we got from uh, the same person was that they also have an extension of the hosting platform on AWS. Part of the licenses they are receiving directly from AWS, part of the infrastructure and the overall EC2 costs. But there are other licenses that they should be paying for, like RDP and SQL. The question is, can they use their SPLA licenses or can they try and purchase that from AWS or maybe use a bring your own license option? Again, this is an extension of the hosting service on AWS. This is a little complicated. Try and make it simple for everybody. In the most simple way, providers are allowed to use other providers as data center providers. That probably did not be a question. So let me explain. In SPLA, there's a definition of a data center provider. It's another SPLA provider, which you, as a provider, may use to host your end client workloads. Here's the problem. When you use another provider as a DCP, data center provider, let me use the acronym DCP here. When you use them as a DCP, you are only allowed to bring your own SAUs, subscriber licenses, core licenses for SQL, Windows, for all the other products that are licensed per core per processor must be reported by AWS in that case. So it's their responsibility. Yeah. The server side, Windows SQL is the DCP's responsibility, but you have to bring the user licenses. You actually have to. In general, you can, but with AWS, for example, and Google and Azure, you actually have to bring them. Why? Because they just don't sell them. They don't sell them. There's no option. It's 100% your responsibility. There's no other way to purchase those licenses. Exactly. Uh, by the way, we have a pretty good question in the chat. It's not an easy one, by the way. When you have E3, E5 subscriptions, do you get the right to install System Center on service as part of your bundle rights? Okay. E3, E5 subscriptions have a limited subset of System Center functionality to manage Windows 11 Windows client operating systems. So if we talk about on-premises, it's easy because system center server components do not require licenses themselves. So you're allowed to deploy system center binaries, the server itself, the management console, and the components that manage other devices as a part of the E3.5 subscription, of course. But there's a second part to that question. Can you use them to license your products on hosted service in an outsourced environment? Yes, why not? I would basically write an internal case for that in case there are any compliance questions. As some of you may probably know, it's much easier now, starting from the 1st of October last year, to deploy your Windows 11 VDIs on basically any IT outsourcer. I mean it, not even SPLA, not QMTH, no authorization, any IT outsourcer. And E3, E5 licenses are eligible for that right as well. So yes, you may go to another IT company or a provider and say, would you accept that? Would you host it for us? And you will probably want to manage those VDIs with your system center. Why not? Because those are subscription licenses. System center server components do not require licenses themselves. Therefore, I don't see a problem here at all. Maybe there's a small print, which I haven't seen yet, but high level, judging by what I can see in this question. If you have any pushback from your provider, if you have any doubts, please reach out to us via ask at someexpert.com or send us a message through one of our websites. And let's talk. I'd like to see the other side's arguments. Going on to our next question, Alex, it's regarding SPLA licenses that you resell to an end customer that actually has their own hosting environment 
and they are purchasing SPLA licenses from you. So the scenario that was described here is as follows. We have a customer that basically hosts their own servers for their customers, but they're not a SPLA provider. So they purchase the SPLA licenses from their partner or from their SPLA provider. And then the question is, who has the licensing compliance responsibility? The customer that purchased the licenses and is hosting the environment or the party that actually sold the licenses to the hoster? Somebody who wants to provide hosting services needs to become an SPLA provider. As you had described it right now, if somebody wants to host something on SPLA and they're not themselves SPLA and they take something from another SPLA provider, potentially this is a workable solution, possible, but extremely complicated. This company contractually becomes at the same time an outsourcing company for that SPLA provider just to be able to bring those licenses to their estate. And then also they must become a, a services reseller for the same company. So possible, but crazy. The other scenarios that we see is when it's an end client and they just don't want to buy licenses or they're looking for ways to be more flexible and they go to a provider and say, we want to use SPLA for our own use. The commercial company, like a doctor's office, a bank, a retail company, they just want to use flexible licenses, but on their premises. That is also possible, but here's the problem. They can't just buy licenses. Providers are not really allowed to sell licenses. What you are legally allowed to purchase from a provider with SPLA is a service with licenses included. They don't even have to disclose you for how many licenses you're paying. They may wrap it up with six user VDI access. And whatever Microsoft license they're using behind that is absolutely up to them. The best example would be when you procure Windows Server virtual machines, you don't really buy even a share of a Microsoft license because you procure a machine and the provider pays for the host with unlimited machines. Then, I know it's complex, but it wasn't an easy question. A normal company, a business that is not a provider, may ask a provider to sell them not sell, provide them with SPLA licenses, but only as a part of the service they get from the same provider as an IT outsourcer. So that's the only possible scenario. The providers can just give those licenses to you. You must buy a service from them. Moreover, they must be the sole admins of those servers. Shared admin responsibility is possible, but if you read the language of SPLA, the end client is not allowed to manage those servers. Think about it as a, if you know what edge computing is. It's cloud on-premises. That is the same. It's almost like you're buying edge computing, but from a smaller provider, not a big cloud name. So the bottom line is, if I understand what you're saying, the company that is providing the SPLA licenses for a customer of theirs that is using it for internal use, they have to have admin rights or some kind of management rights, because ultimately, if there's an audit, if you're going back to the subject of this Q&A, they are responsible. So if their customer is abusing or overusing licenses, ultimately they'll be responsible because they provided the licenses and they should be managing the infrastructure and the licenses. Okay. Correct. I would probably even say that it's a riskier scenario than hosting everything in your data centers. So you're taking on a bigger risk because it's external and you might not have full management rights. You must outline all the rules with your end client 
prior to even engaging in such a relationship. So they must understand they're not buying licenses from you, they're getting a service. And because they're getting a service from you, you are providing that service, you are responsible for those service, although the hardware may be theirs. Would you recommend that you get your end customer to sign off on some kind of document or use rights or something like that? As the absolute minimum, SPLA requires and clients to sign and use a license terms. Agree to use software in a certain way, in a certain manner. There are limitations of what you can do with it, obviously. Providers that provide licenses to be used on premises should extend that EOT to include specific terms for example, you may include a provision that will say you are not allowed to revoke administrative rights. You are not allowed to make changes to active directory groups or something like it. Answering your question in a simple manner, yes, I totally recommend specific provisions. Thank you for that, Alex. We've got another question here regarding what's defined here as SPLA tools. Can we build our own SPLA tool with scripts? Or do you suggest buying a product like Snow or Flexera to manage our SPLA environment? I'll start with the negative. I love Snow and Flexera and Ozu and all those tools when we talk about enterprise environments. None of these tools are actually capable of properly calculating SPLA. For SPLA, there are dedicated tools. So firstly, yes, you can build your own scripted solution. Why not? Some providers do. And I was part of a few projects like this when providers built their own in-house scripted solutions. And the less complex your services are, the easier it is to implement. If you provide all kinds of licenses, especially including user licenses, there are a few tools in the market. In total, I could count four, but only two are alive. So we don't want to promote anyone in this particular session. But if you're interested about which tools we recommend, please reach out to us personally. And we'll connect you to the companies that provide dedicated SPLA tools. I would certainly recommend a tool without looking back to any provider because it just makes your life easier. And what about Microsoft Map Tool? Could that be sufficient? No. Firstly, even to collect inventory, it will be a nightmare because Map Tool works well in a single domain. If you have 100 clients, you maybe have 100 domains and you need to get access to each of those domains. So specialized SPLA tools with agents installed in every single virtual machine with a provision in your agreement that they must not stop the agent and the agent that reports license consumption, obfuscated data to a centralized server. That's the ideal scenario. There was time, unfortunately not anymore, when Microsoft even postponed audits and completely detracted them if a provider proved to them that they have a tool with 100% coverage. That's ideal. That would be an ideal situation. There aren't many providers out there that actually have that coverage and can prove that kind of compliance. Alex, I want to thank you for your time and for the knowledge sharing for our community. I'm sure that there are so many additional questions and topics just around the audits, not even talking about the actual SPLA potential of using SPLA licenses and CSP hosting program. So first of all, join us, go onto our YouTube channel and have a look what's coming next week. I know that some people are hesitant to ask certain questions in the chat, not to give away what's going on in their companies. Send us an anonymous question through our website using any made up name, but clearly outline your question and say, we want you to answer that question in the next provider live stream. We will. 
Where do you think we took all these questions that we discussed today? Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.